At Blackstone, we're investing in tomorrow, supporting the companies transforming what it means to be sustainable and the leaders creating a stronger, greener economy as they grow. At Blackstone, investing is about accelerating growth for good. Learn more at blackstone.com slash beyondreturns. Hi, I'm Jen Kirkman, host of the Anxiety Bites podcast. Take a weekly deep dive into anxiety as I share stories from my decades of anxiety disorders and recovery, as well as candid and down-to-earth interviews with esteemed experts in the field of anxiety who are here to help us all have our anxiety bite less. Subscribe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Not completing high school is more of a social thing than it was an academic thing. Even though all these years have passed, I still had that longing to have my diploma. At age 30, Carissa finished her high school diploma. If you're even considering getting your high school diploma, you can do it. No one gets a diploma alone. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. Welcome to Record Store Society, a production of iHeartRadio. Today needs to like, you know, have like a soundtrack to match the coldness of the day, you know? Like it needs to somehow match. Like what does that even mean? But uh, oh, hey, hi. Uh, welcome to our record store. I'm Seth and this is Tara. Uh, feel free to look around and just give us a shout if you need anything. So anyway, mu- music and winter music and cold music and like what mm-hmm. what does that even mean? And like why cold and why do we change our listening habits from season to season and and all these things and oh look who just walked in the door what's up y'all <laughs> hey good times oh, that's crazy what's up Seth what's up Tara and hey look everyone it's Farbod uh Farbod one of the co-founders of Geographic North Records we've talked that's about true. you many times we we have your records on the shelves uh, ah, thank you, thank you. And you're like you're like Norm here, you know. You walk in, everybody knows your name. We're always happy to see you. <laughs> right on. It's good thank stuff. Thank you so much for having me. What y'all up to? Right, right now we're talking about winter music and like a oh, perfect timing for that, right? I mean, how could we not talk about it? I'm freezing, <laughs> and um, <laughs> I, I'm literally wearing sweatpants overalls at this very moment. Well, you look good. <laughs> thank let you. Let me just let me just tell everyone out there: you you guys look good. I, I appreciate Both of y'all that. Y'all look terrific. Hey, thanks. <laughs> but, for whatever weather it is, you, you look fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I I I'm trying to think in my head because like obviously I do change my listening habits from season to season and like event to event. But what is a winter song? What, what what does a winter song sound like? Like, what are these elements that, like, make me think that a song is more wintry than another? Other than, of course, just, like, throwing in some jingle bells or, like, you know, saying, <laughs> like, the word winter in the title or, like, the <laughs> song or the lyrics. Mm-hmm. He, here's what I think. Yeah. And I, I might be wrong about this, okay? I think slow tempos. I think very sparse musically. And I think sad, like, like, I, I don't know what that is, but in my mind, those elements mm. make somber. Yeah. Somber mm-hmm. is a good way to put it. And that's yeah. Th- and like the production is like very dry, very sparse, very like mm. empty, you know, mm-hmm. but, but, mm-hmm. but anyway, far about yes. we, we were going to do the, the, the top five game, the high fidelity game where we count down our top five winter albums. Do you, you want to join us on that? 
Well, I mean, you're going to have to give me a second to think about it because oh. I haven't really thought about it that much. But I'd love to hang out and talk about Winter Records with you. Perfect. Here, I'll, I'll go first. We'll give you plenty of time, okay? Tight, tight. Well, actually, you know what? I, I did want to kind of latch on to that idea of what makes a winner record a winner record, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think it's a conversation, Tara, you and I have had before where, like, it's so much about the context in which you perhaps, you know, absorb a record, or you hear it for the first time, or you really, like, you know, embrace it. Because um, I can think of, like, tons of, you know, quote unquote, um, summer albums right. or, you know, mm-hmm. like, you know, upbeat or something that, you know, technically isn't a winner album or a winner song or whatever. But, you know, I jammed that stuff out in the middle of February and all of a sudden it's transformed into, you know, the soundtrack to, you know, my frigid drive home from work or something like that. So to me, you know, a lot of it can kind of fall into like, all right, I just heard it in the middle of, you know, cold weather and, you know, driving it back to that idea, I think might be, um, you know, might be a gauge that you want to consider. That makes a lot of sense. And also is a winter song, a song you listen to in the winter, or is a winter song, a song that makes you think of the winter? Because maybe you're only listening to it in the winter because you're trying to counteract the actual winter feelings. True. So maybe you're listening to like the Beach Boys because you don't want to feel that seasonal affective disorder, you know? Right, Mm. right. No, Mm. that's a good, that's a good take on it. I like being bummed out. Oh, I agree. Uh, Yeah. And I like being bummed out in the winter. Um, so when I hear bummer records, you know, I tend to want to listen to them in the winter and I kind of like that that kind of mirrors, you know, like, oh, it's gray outside. All right. I'm going to be moody and like brooding around, you know, driving down ponds or whatever, like looking all sad. Yeah. Yeah. For me, I feel like all of that, all of what you guys have said really applies, but I think a little bit of it for me is also regional Mm -hmm. from where I grew up sort of in the in the valley, in the foothills of Tennessee where the trees are all changing. And um, I don't know, I, everything just kind of like I lean more on like bleak and simple folk music mm. somehow for some reason. Yeah, but kind of has that sort of just like, you know, maybe you're in the cabin in the woods in the winter and you have a fire going and things like that. I don't know why. Sure. But yeah, that's my my thing. I think it's regional though. But you did that say bleak. Crazy. Bleak yeah. also, I think, ties into everything we said. And yeah. <laughs> I, I'm sure part of that is like the, the 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 grayness and like the decay of the world, like the dead trees and like the spindly yeah. everything. And like, I don't know. It's it's fascinating. But but here, I've, I've got five options here that are my top five albums to listen to during winter or remind me of winter. Let's go through them and it, it, we'll talk about them as we go. Okay. Let's hear it. Okay. Let's go Sounds for it. Sounds good. All right. My number five. It's the 2010 self-titled album from Annika. Oh, nice. Very, very good pick right there. You guys know Annika? I don't. Oh, she's boss as hell. I love it. You're you're, you're going to yeah. love it, Tara. It's it's um. Oh wait, how do you spell that? A N I K A, and she's a mononym. She she's a self titled one named oh. person. She, I'm she, pretty sure you've heard it before. Actually, yeah. okay, Tara. yeah. I think you've shared 
Um, she has I, a group too. Yeah, and, yeah. Her new I group totally... is called Exploded View. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exploded her... View. Yeah. yeah, they were yeah. on uh, Sacred Bones, or I think on Sacred Bones. Yeah, yeah. And but her, yeah, her debut was on Stone's Throw, and now she's on Sacred Bones. I think. I think you're right. Mm. Yeah, I think cool. we've talked about it, Tara. I guarantee really? you we have discussed this before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's an excellent pick, Seth. Oh, thank you. I, I mean, it, it, it's got that sparseness. It's got that sad moroseness. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, it's uh, dubby. It's oh, got that dubby quality to it, too. Very dubby. And, Which you um, can say that's that's cold. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and um, it, it all started, well, first of all, I need to ask both of you. All right, the dude from Portishead, Jeff, how do you all mm-hmm. say his last name? Barrow. As in like, Barrow. Exactly. Barrow. Which Barrow. It's Barrow. Jeff Barrow. Like a right? wheelbarrow. That sounds... Yeah, you know, I see my man on Twitter all the time um, cracking jokes. Yes. He's just like always talking, talking some, you know, shitty shit. <laughs> he is out there making it clear that he's going to talk some trash mm-hmm. about some stuff that he doesn't like. And I appreciate that. Yeah. But the thing is, I don't actually follow the man on there. I just see other people's likes, and the only times that I see the likes are when he's talking like the most foulish shit that right. you can talk about another artist. And so you know it's controversial, and you know he's got a good little sly jab at whatever it is. But that's what I know him of now. It's no longer, you know, his his um, soundtrack work or, you know, working on that Annika record. or He's also Portishead. in the Quakers. Quakers just released a new album, and he's... Uh, Part part of that group. Oh yeah, wait. Um, they, what was that rap song where they sampled? Um, they sampled Radiohead. Oh, fitter, happier. Yes. Oh, that thing <laughs> slams so hard. It does. I love that. <laughs> I have that twelve inch somewhere. And oh, I love that record. It made me like that Radioheads. <laughs> See, I'll, okay, I'm not gonna go. You know. Let me know if I'm talking too much. But <laughs> no, man, this is life. This on is the really real, on yeah. the really real, like it took me forever to understand Radiohead. Uh-huh. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't there at the beginning of it. I got into it like way later when like one day I woke up and I'm like, oh, well, shit, this is hot. And <laughs> around the time that happened, that song came out, that, that oh. fitter half year song came yeah. out. And so, you know, I'm, I'm like, completely just like it's like your necks crack into that beat it is a hard beat and i then later i found out jeff barrow barrow whatever his name (laughs) he was uh you know he was in that thing so um that's cool that's a lot of that's a lot of heat for that man to bring but here's on twitter and that song too he's also a good follow on instagram but (laughs) the reason i brought him up he is the one who discovered Annika. So, so like what happened was oh. um, when he was doing his beak stuff, he was looking mm-hmm. for a female vocalist. He came across her and was like, oh man, you're it, you know? Ooh. And then after that, she started doing her own solo stuff. And so that first Annika self-titled album, he's the producer on it. And that's kind of why yeah. it's got that like sparse, you know, almost Portishead-like production style mm. is because yeah. Jeff was involved with that. Cool. Beautiful record, man. Good pick. It's good, good stuff. Pick. Um, All right, moving on to my number four. This one, I have to say, I probably picked it because the word winter is in the name of the album, (laughs) but but I stand beside it. Well, yeah, I don't stand behind it. I stand beside it. Um, It is the 2003 album, Winter Hymn, Country Hymn, Secret Hymn by Do Make Say Think. (laughs) 
some post rock. Yes. Early, early in the countdown, some post rock. I, 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 <laughs> I like really it. love Do Make Say Think. Like to me, they yeah. are like the perfect balance between like a Godspeed You Black Emperor and like, I don't know, who, who's someone that's like way too corny, but like is instrumental. I, I won't name anyone because I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. But but to me, they're um, like the most listenable, most enjoyable, instrumental, like big yeah. bombastic rock band there is. Yeah. Like, like if so you the, can make that argument for, I'm sorry, you can make that okay. argument for Explosions in the Sky too. I agree. I agree. That that stuff can veer right into corny territory, mm-hmm. but like, oh, okay, it's well done. Yes. You know, that's, it's really composed well and arranged well. So I, I can see where you're talking about. And do make like, say think factor. to me, they kind of like... It's as if they found like the perfect little middle zone of like, I'm going to write a song. So I'm still going to keep you actually hooked in with like melody and repeating choruses mm. and all that stuff. But mm-hmm. they're still being experimental because it's it's an instrumental Canadian like post rock band. <laughs> so it's right. it's they, they walk a very fine line. And to me, that album, perhaps because it has the word winter in its title, <laughs> does, sure. does make me feel very cold and you know feel very isolated in a good way. You know, right, right. Do you know that's just one of those bands that I've always heard the name and I'd have never listened to them. Oh, you'll, you'll, you'll dig them. Um, I mean, uh, do you like broken social scene? Yeah. Most of the people in do make say think are also in broken social scene. Oh, so it's like 30 people on the stage or something. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, very incestuous. And yeah, I, I, I tend to think that do you make say think along with, um, you know, you said Godspeed and expressions. Of like everyone who I know, um, had that face mm-hmm. in their lives where they were just like heads down jamming on that stuff. <laughs> and whether or not you still listen to it, it's like completely part of your DNA. Oh like yeah. It's totally in your fabric of living. Whether you're like, it, it, to me, like another thought of that is, um, what is it? Um, you know, for me personally, I feel like, Every you know, most of my friends went through that sort of uh, post emo phase of mm-hmm. like you know Joan of Arc or you know uh, what is American football or Promise Ring. They're mm-hmm. all kind of in that same world or whatever. Um, yeah. You know uh, Chicago, uh, you know post emo or whatever. Even if you don't listen to that stuff now, you still kind of like can reference it in a melody, or you can reference it in like even the way you dress or something, right. there's always like a little mm-hmm. bit of uh, instinct pulled from that genre. And that's kind of how I feel about, you know, post-rock and, and a band like Do Make Say Think. It's like, that's kind of in a way timeless. It might not be incredibly relevant at the moment, but you're never going to shed it if you're oh, yeah. into that kind of stuff. So I think it's real beautiful. Yeah, man. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And uh, in that same timeless vibe, uh, well, yeah, I, I'm going to use that as a segue, even though I, I may not even believe it. My, my number three, it's the 2004 album Funeral from Arcade Fire. I, nice. I think a big part of that too is lyrically, you know, they have like all those like deep Canadian lyrics about like, I'll dig, I'll dig a tunnel from my window to yours. <laughs> and it's just like, I'm picturing snow drifts. I'm picturing Canada. I'm picturing these twee little, you know, Texans moving up to Canada to marry Regine, you know? <laughs> okay. I do have a question for you though. Hmm. Cause 
because we were talking about like what makes a winter album and you're like sparse and bleak and stuff, but none of these seem sparse to me. These are like <laughs> bands with like so many layers. You're right. Right? You're right. You're absolutely right. <laughs> so no, I think I think that adds to the to the dilemma. I think the first one I think Annika, I think, is wintry because the production. Yeah. I think Do Make Say Think is wintry because it has the word winter in the title. <laughs> and I, I, I think Arcade Fire is wintry because it reminds me of Canada and they sing about yeah. snow. So it's lyrical. Yeah, Canada is just cold, man. That's inherently cold. Yep. Cold. <laughs> you never... It's a cold place. <laughs> if you're from Canada, you, you're, you're a winter album. Yeah, yeah. Not As a in person. summer, though. But yeah, I, I don't know. as a person, you're a winner album. <laughs> if I look at you and you're like, "Oh, you're Canadian, huh?" Sounds like a winner album to me. <laughs> All right, I'm, now I, I'm, I'm going to counteract what I just said because now oh, I'm taking okay. us to Texas. Okay. Ooh, cool. So uh, my number two <laughs> album it's the 2016 album Wabi Sabi by Cross Record. Do y'all know Cross Record? I do no. not. This is new to me. Uh, Emily Cross, uh, she's boss as hell. Currently, she is a death doula in England, which is, she's the first death doula I've ever heard of, which sounds pretty cool. What is that? Uh, basically, yeah, uh, explain that. It helps, because think about like a, a birth doula, uh, you know, oh, helps you like get ready you, for- Like a hospice type situation. Kind of like that. Yeah, but, but, but less just for hospice and more for all of us. As in like, we're all going to die. Let's kind of- you know, get ourselves ready for that. Uh, yeah. If you want to hear a really good interview with her about it, um, wow. this must be the gig, which is one of my favorite music podcasts. Uh, Lior Phillips, the host of that, she interviews um, Emily Cross, the lead singer of Cross Record. And um, it's boss as hell. It's just great to hear just kind of like what being a death doula means, you know? But um, Cross is boss. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Emily Cross is so amazing. She's got a great voice, uh, always real sad, always real like spread out, um, no real adherence to like hooks or like choruses, uh, just great production stuff. At this point in this band, it was her and her husband, but then they got a divorce. So now it's just her solo group. But she mm -hmm. also has another group on Sub Pop called Loma, which I adore. So well, uh, I think I've heard, I've heard of Loma. Yeah, yeah, me too. So, so Loma, the female singer from Loma, that's Emily Cross. And her solo stuff is called Cross Record. And uh, it's boss as hell. I highly recommend it. And uh, it's all really varied because she seems to be one of those artists that just kind of does whatever the fuck she's in the mood for, which are always my favorite mm -hmm. kind of artists, you know? The the beauty of being inside this record store talking to you guys is mm -hmm. that I can jump on Google yes. and, and look at this, <laughs> you know, on my phone, of course. Uh -huh. uh, yeah, no, I'm looking it up. Looks looks very exciting. I'll, I'll queue it up for, for my drive home. She, she's a boss nice. lady and all of her music is uh, boss as hell. And so, yeah, now no, that she was in Texas when she recorded that. So I have no idea why that makes me think of winter, but it does. I think it's the sadness. It's the starkness. It's the right. melancholy intensity. Because all, all, all my picks have been pretty intense so far, too, which maybe I picture that with winter. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Did you listen to it during the wintertime? Maybe that's when it. When you first heard it? Maybe, yeah. That, that, that could be it. That could be it. As simple as that. As that, like, what I was hearing in my ear holes was matching what I was seeing with my eye holes. And, and because mm -hmm. they gelled together into this nice little jello, I went, oh, these are the same now. You know? Like, these, <laughs> these are one thing. 
Huh. Right, right. Uh, Beautiful. Yeah, so that that's my number two. And uh, here we go. My number cool. one. Um, I, I love this record with all my heart. I will defend it to death. 2010. The album is called Wild Go, and it's by Dark, Dark, Dark. I mean, you stumped me again. I have not. I have not heard it. It's. I've not heard this or heard of them. It's amazing. The the lead singer. Um, I don't know how to pronounce her name, so I'll spell it. I always call okay. her Nona Marie Anvi because her last name is spelled I N V I E, and I don't know how to pronounce that. So I say Anvi. I don't know, <laughs> but Nona Marie, as mm. I'll call her from now on. She has one of the most beautiful voices I've ever heard. And she plays the piano like a fucking saint. And um, she does lots of wild projects. She's all over the place. But um, dark, dark, dark. What genre? What genre would you call this? Sad piano. (laughs) Sad piano. That's the hardest genre, man. That's for the that's for the real heads. If yeah. you can if you can hang out to some sad piano, you're you're a music fan. Um because cause like here's the story I think I know. And I I'm probably wrong, but like me as just like a person who's listened to their whole catalog and listened to how it developed, here's the story I believe is in there. And I'm I'm like I said, I'm probably wrong. Right. I think her and her boyfriend made a band together called Dark Dark Dark. Cause in the early days, it's him as the lead singer. And he's playing banjo and doing like the multi-instrumentalist thing. And she's basically singing backups and on occasion and doing the piano. And I'm not putting this guy down. He's got an amazing voice. It's a very specific kind of reedy voice, but it's really, really good. And the two of them pair well together. But Nona Marie has the voice of an angel. It's an amazing voice. So ever so slowly, as you listen to one album into the next, into the next, into the next, suddenly she just starts singing a little more and a little more and a little more. Uh And then by the last album, it's pretty much all her. And in my head, they have broken up. The band is still together, but the couple (laughs) isn't anymore. I don't know if this is true. These are things I'm making up, but I believe to be true. So it's a narrative album? No. In your head. In, it's a, head. in your head, it's a narrative. <laughs> yes. no, that's incredible. That's next level, man. And so <laughs> by the time Creating they stories this, in your head? Yes. Cool. <laughs> and so by the time they reach this album, which is their second to last album, um, I feel like she has basically taken the reins of the band and she is crafting what would be basically a solo album for her if she was inclined to do such a thing and then Mm, with that brought success so they did one more basically victory lap album which is also excellent it's the album after this one um and then that's it they haven't made an album in i think maybe like six or seven years or something i hope they get back together but that she does other projects she has a great uh, side project called um anonymous choir it's really good but um Hmm. but anyway i love i'm I'm going through all of these right now i'm i'm (laughs) at least looking at their google images yeah, and, no, and no. they it, look cool. They look like a winter band. Oh, and, and plus they're from Minnesota. You don't get more winter than Minnesota. Oh, it's so cold there. <laughs> That's cold. Yeah, ice cold. Yes. Brr. I just say in Minnesota. Colder uh, there no. than Texas for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so I think that wraps it up for for my list. But I, I don't think I have a consistent like explanation of what a winter song is. Like we've mm. we've thrown out a potpourri of like you know word diarrhea <laughs> to say like this is winter. But I don't think we've hit on anything yet. 
Well, it sounds like, from what I can tell, all of your picks, like, arrangement-wise, composition-wise, of the ones that I know Mm -hmm. and of what you describe, um, there's a real, you know, you, you can draw a narrative from it. You can, you can yeah. really create a story yeah. from all of this stuff, which, you know, that might be the key to your winter album is that you come up with these stories subconsciously in your head that, you know, they might be um, a little sour, a little a little bummed out. And, and maybe that's what makes it that winter record. I like your insights. This is oh, fun maybe. stuff. Yeah, that's a good take. I don't on know. That, for sure. If you know better, tell me. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know nothing. Well, I'm, I'm stoked you're here for this. Uh, uh, Tara, I think it's your turn next. Uh, should we take a little break? You can go gather up your records, and then we'll come back. Sure, yeah. Hey, let's do it. Hey, where's the restroom? It, I gotta hit. I gotta hit the restroom. I'll give you the key. I'll explore. <laughs> Tight. Thank you. <laughs> Addiction is a disease that impacts all of us. Whether you, your neighbor, friend, or family member is struggling, everyone feels the pain of addiction. Recovery Centers of America, Monroeville, wants you to know that addiction treatment works and recovery is possible. Call 1-888-RECOVERY-NOW for help for yourself or a loved one. Recovery Centers of America have helped thousands of patients across the United States and here in Western Pennsylvania start a better, healthier way of life through their evidence-based inpatient and outpatient treatment programs. The caring team of physicians and clinicians at Recovery Centers of America see their patients as so much more than their addiction and are deeply committed to providing expert care with heart. Recovery Centers of America knows that every day in active addiction is a day in isolation, which is why they admit new patients 24-7 year-round. Don't wait. Make the call that can change everything. Call 1-888-RECOVERY now. It's a story that captivated the nation. Two brothers and their sister are on the run from authorities tonight. Three close-knit siblings, known as the Doherty Gang, go on a 15-state crime spree, evading police for eight days. Police say the trio have a stockpile of weapons. Dylan, Ryan, and Lee Grace had nothing left to lose. They're like modern-day Bonnie and Clyde. Now, for the very first time, exclusive interviews with Doherty's from behind bars. This call is from a federal prison. My sister's a crazy one. I was working at two different strip clubs doing a very large amount of drugs. My brother's a muscle. The last time I spoke to my dad told me, look out for your little brother. Something I really took to heart. The youngest is the brain. How far would you run for your freedom? There's some things that you just can't take back. You've already started this party. You might as well have fun. And that's what we did. Listen to The Doherty Gang every Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's been a year since my sister Callie died. Now I can't sleep because every time I close my eyes, Callie's there to wake me up. The insomnia's gotten so bad, I'm not sure what's real anymore. There's a shadow living inside my head. It's angry, and I don't think I can stop it. My name is Harper Hart, and I'll see you in your nightmares. Journey into your own subconscious and listen to See You in Your Nightmares now on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
All right, we are back, and uh, Tara is about to give us her top fives. We're playing the high fidelity game, and we're doing top five winter albums. Tara, hit us with it. What you got? Yeah. So, you know how you were saying that we had like a poopery, maybe like a word diarrhea going on? I think with mine, you're going to be like, oh, mine are all so similar, some of them. And um, there may be one that's sort of not, but I think you can still tie it in. All right. So number five from 2008, Midlake, Trials of Van Occupanther. Stonecutters Like. Yeah. So, okay, this one is pretty layered, but um, I think it was meant to be sort of like a like a um, oh, concept album in a way that's that documents the the trials and tribulations of Van Occupanther. And for whatever reason, like hearing about my young bride and you know bandits and all of these things, it reminds me of like M Night Shyamalan. How are you? say his last name um that movie the village like the people that are blocked off from the rest of the world and it's sort of like um I don't know seems like 1700s New England like they're wearing like cloaks and shit yeah (laughs) and they're in the wilderness like that's what it reminds me of and it has like a very winter feel for me because I just yeah imagine the trees not have any leaves Mm -hmm. um and everyone's just like really cold and bundled up with like the fires uh, you know, out in the fields and whatnot, staying warm and doing all of their their work. I don't know. <laughs> Heads down, uh, cropping, doing some <laughs> yeah. crops. You know, whatever yeah. you do with some crops. Um, yeah, it, it's funny. They're uh, Texas band, right? I yes, think from, from Texas. Denton, Texas. More they're Texas from- yeah. winter. Yeah, hmm. I know. That's what I was gonna say. Y'all got that whole theme of Texas going on. Well, yeah, because I mean, because yeah. even Arcade Fire, they were from Texas pre-Canada. So ah, it's true. So Very that's true. we've mentioned three Texas bands in our list mm, so interesting. far. Interesting. And for some reason, I know Dubek say things not from Texas, but it seems like they would be from Texas. It does. <laughs> it really does. There's, there's no reason they're not from Texas. So. They, they seem like a South by band, like through and through. <laughs> yeah, like they played South by like six or seven years in a row. Finally caught their big break. Yeah, um, <laughs> and now they're a Canadian band. Yes. <laughs> It's like when um, Rilo Kylie moved from Los Angeles to Omaha. They moved to Canada to be a part of the Canada booming indie scene of the early 2000s. Is that true? Who, oh, they no, really do that? no. Well, Rilo Kylie is true. Do make say think. I'm making that up. That's not true. Uh, okay. <laughs> but that is true of Rilo yeah, Kylie. Oh, I didn't even know that about Rilo Kylie. I didn't either. Well, I don't they, know. Think about. Um, hey, what was that movie? True Beverly Hills? Um. The vi- wait, which, which no. movie? one I was talking <laughs> about? Which no, no, what was the movie? No, okay, so Rilo Kylie, the 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 dude in that band, yes. he was in that movie Blake with Senate. Fred Savage, Blake Sennett. He was in, no, wait, he wasn't. It wasn't him in that. He was in uh, Salute Your Shorts. Yes, yeah. My yeah. man was in Salute Your Shorts, but um, <laughs> Old Girl was in uh, that movie with Fred Savage, Little Monsters. Where, no, 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 no. It was the video game movie. Oh, um, the I want to say The, the Wiz. There you the go. Wizard? The Wiz. The Wiz. Wizard? Not The Wiz, man. The, wi- the Wiz. The Wiz is no, the. It's not The Wiz. Um, <laughs> it's not The Wiz. No. The Wiz it's is definitely the not The Wiz. It's one. The Wizard. Right. Yeah. yeah. The Wizard. Being yeah. where he's playing like yeah. Nintendo and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's like he's like an idiot savant mm-hmm. at, um, at Super Mario 3. For yes. Some- <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> that was the premise but, uh, of the movie. They made that. Yeah. And Rilo Kylie Girl. And, yes, uh, Jenny Lewis. Postal yeah. Service. Yes, yes. Oh. But, but it's funny Rilo because Kylie think about that. Also- so like th- those kids were like clearly child TV stars and then they wanted to like be a part of like that emo Omaha scene. So they left mm-hmm. Los Angeles to form a band and then, you know, be a part of like, you know, Bright Eyes and uh That's Tilly that's the kind Wall. of the route Drake took. Yeah. As well. If you want to have that conversation, <laughs> I mean, Degrassi to whatever he's at now yeah. is similar. And and when he says like in, I started at the bottom now I'm here. Come on. You started, started at Degrassi, Degrassi, my friends. Yeah. <laughs> My gosh, you did it! Did it right there. Yep. yep. Um, sorry, also, I, was <laughs> was, was Rilo Kylie Punky Brewster? No, no, no. That's Soleil that Moonfry. Other girl. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. You're right. Mm. Why do I always think it's Punky Brewster? I don't know. Anyways, okay. Everything's so that Punky was, Brewster to you. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's all I ever hear. I don't from know. It's, <laughs> it's not true. That's not uh, true. Let me go tie my strings on my multicolored Reeboks BRB. <laughs> yeah. um, all right. So the number four album that I have in my list is Jessica Pratt, self-titled album from 2012. That is such a good pick. I didn't even yeah, think about Jessica okay. Pratt. See, Her fucking like voice. Perfectly, yes, yeah. perfectly simple folk. Like, again, sort of just that, I don't know, when I hear it, I just think of being in the woods with a fire going and like yeah. no leaves on the tree, just simple and quiet. And yeah, maybe like the furriest blanket ever. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's just so simple and yeah. Jessica That's Pratt's a cold voice ass record too. is yeah. um, so weird, and I mean that in a very positive way. Her voice, her voice, is it's so singularly her because it's kind of like it's kind of like an old lady bo- voice, but she's very young, so yeah. she has like the power of a young voice using like the instrument right. of an old voice. It's right. pretty cool. I, see, I didn't I didn't hear her until like that Drag City record came out. And I forgot the name of that one, but um, when I did hear it, I was like, oh, they got this old lady on this label. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, she's really sad. Yeah, you know? but no, she's like it's twelve. Pretty sad or for her she's, age. She's young as hell. <laughs> <laughs> Not that it matters no. in any regard, but I mean, damn, you sound like an old woman. It's kind of like yeah. um, Marianne Faithful, you know, like 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 when she Absolutely. was young, she had that old lady power voice and. Mm-hmm. Uh, she grew into it because like <laughs> old lady old, power voice. <laughs> old lady Marianne Faithful had like double the old lady power voice and it was boss as hell. It still yeah. is. She's great, you know? So Definitely. Ooh, ooh, Vashti yeah. Bunyan too. Vashti Bunyan got old lady power voice and she had that as a young woman too. This is a powerful weapon. <laughs> well, maybe we should do the short list soon too. Oh, you got some short lists. Um, <laughs> nice. Nice. But I was going to say a song. Uh, well, okay. That album, she is just like, it's just her and her guitar. It sounds like, and it was to me, maybe I don't, I don't know if there's any, anyone else on there playing, but um, there's a song called Mountainer Lower. Mm-hmm. And it does kind of have that sort of like, again, super old 1700s. I'm in the woods. <laughs> the witch vibes. Yes. <laughs> Definite witchiness. <laughs> yeah. That's All the right, theme so, going yeah. through yours. I like that. <laughs> totally. It is. It really is. Like, that's what I'm saying. I feel like all of mine are very just like folk and 
remind me, I guess, of when I grew up in the country, right. in the countryside. Um, sure. That's what it reminds me of. But yeah, okay, so number three is from 2006, but not really. It's Sybil Bayer, um, Color Green. It's the end, friend of mine. It's the end. Have you guys heard no. of Sybil Bayer? Not Meyer? familiar, no. What? Crazy. Oh my gosh, okay. Tell us all about so, it. So the album was, well, all these songs were originally recorded, recorded on a reel-to-reel in Germany between 70, 1970 and 1973. And we're like all Ooh. compiled on a CD. And her son um, like compiled all, well, actually, wait, I said that wrong. Her son compiled all of these songs on a CD so they could give them to family members as presents. And he happened to give one to Jay Mascus from mm. Dinosaur Jr., who then in turn um, released it on Orange Twin Label, which I think is his his uh, label. Um, and so then it came out in 2006. But it's it's real. It's just her and her like nylon string guitar again. It's very much like Vashti Bunyan, Jessica Pratt, Witch like, in the Woods, uh, Linda <laughs> yeah. Perp, uh, Hacks, or whatever her last name is. Yeah, they're all like very much. See, the they're same. they're very really intimate folk. Yeah, super intimate yes. records that you're listening out. Yeah, I guess it's that's part of it. it yeah. It's like being insular and. Um, I don't know how else to say this. Like, there's a self-obsessed quality to um, listening to sad music in the wintertime. Yeah, mm-hmm. like yeah. you're really just like soundtracking your own like "woe is me" moment mm-hmm. for you. Yeah. So you know, tracking back to like Jessica Pratt, I could totally see how you just sit in your car and cry <laughs> for, <laughs> for like or two just, hours you know. and just really enjoy that. Or yeah, well, you're just like, I don't know, sitting on the couch with a blanket and your cat and your tiny space eater just feeling sorry for yourself and like, you know, yeah. enjoying the melancholy moments that you have. That's yeah. a that's a New Yorker cover. I'm pretty <laughs> sure there's oh. a New Yorker cover with a woman maybe sitting you're... with a cat listening to that. Well, um, and maybe it's some sort of like reflection too, because like when we are in the winter, we're definitely more isolated than we are in all the other months. And so that being the case, that isolation that you hear you're reflecting onto your own like situation and you're like, oh, I know that feeling. I am isolated. It is cold. Right. I am by myself bundled up. You sound isolated and cold and bundled up. We're, we're, we're the same. I did mm-hmm. this, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's a shared a shared depression. Yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> I did want to say um, that this list was really hard for me to make because there are so many albums that I often turn to in the winter, mm-hmm. but I used data to make this list. I actually went to my last FM oh. and uh, ranked wow. them from album based off of my actual listens. So these are in order of my number of time listened. To. Wow. Now, fantastic. Last yeah. FM can't tell yeah. you what season you were listening to them though, were you? No, but that, that would be some deep oh, well, data digging. I bet you could if you, if you got I real you programming. I mean, yeah. I think you can because if you can click down to the song and then it tells you when you scrabbled that song, mm-hmm. you could probably see a pattern there when you started listening to it. For sure. I love it when you say the word scrabble. Just everyone should just work scrabble. the word scrabble into their lives every day. I, I whenever I bring up Last FM that I'm still on it, that I'm still scrabbling from like 
2009 or something, people are always like, what? It still exists? I love like, it. I yeah, wish I was. Yeah, it, I it rules. Yeah. Absolutely. And yeah, and all of these, well, except for Midlight, because I think it's pretty layered. Um, the last two, Jessica Pratt and Sybil Bayer, and the, the rest of them are all just so sparse yeah. sounding. It's just like, you know, very minimal um, mm-hmm. in layers. Okay, so the number two... Wow, we're already on number two. Number two album that I've chosen um, is from 1972, Nick Drake, Pink Moon. Of course, of course. Massive. Like, like, why didn't I say Nick Drake? Like, of course, Nick Drake. (laughs) Like, that's... Of course he's winter. He's winter as hell. Yes. He's yeah. so winter and depressing and he was sad even. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but this so this album is only twenty-eight minutes long and it only took two at like two two hour sessions to record. And it was just him and his guitar. And I think there is probably like one or two songs with a piano layered in, but Wow. Yeah, sparse. Again, so sparse. Yeah. It's so sad. And sad. Oh. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think he's ever recorded a happy song. No, can you name a happy Nick Drake song? Um, I feel like the one that's like, I would, I could have been a something. You could have been a book, blah blah blah. Oh, the one where it's like doom uh, doom doom doom. That one could have been a. <laughs> been a I don't know. It's, it doesn't feel as sad as the rest. How does a cello song go? In my head, that's an upbeat song, but I'm definitely wrong. Hmm. Anyway, I, yeah, I no, can't remember. It's definitely rare. <laughs> a a, a yeah. happy Nick Drake is definitely very, very rare. Um, yeah. How about a, like, a, like an optimistic Nick Drake? I'll yeah. give him optimism. It, 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 in y'all's head, do you guys associate Nick Drake with Elliot Smith or is that just me? No, <sighs> not at all. Oh, like to me, okay, their yeah, stories. I was going to say yes. Their for stories about, are so similar. For about 20 seconds. Yeah. The, the, the sadness, the, the suicide, the the, 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 the stripped down acousticiness of them. I don't know why, but like I picture them as like the same person in my head. It makes me very sad when I think about them. Yeah, visually they even kind of carry themselves in the same way a little bit. Yeah. So. Poor Elliot Smith. I definitely mm-hmm. don't, but um, I do <laughs> think of Elliot Smith when I hear the softies, which I always listen to the softies in the winter. Mm. I don't know why. Hmm. They didn't make my list, but I don't know. Feels relatable. Elliot Smith Associations. I think that's because they played together. Mm. Elliot Smith and the Softies. The person who was in the Softies. Yeah. Yeah. All right, cool. So we're down to my number one. Oh, I was going to say that was um, Pink Moon is actually his third and final album, which is really sad. And I think it it actually didn't get very much... um, feedback or even like critique when it came out. But then years later, of course, everyone knows it thanks to what the Volkswagen commercial. Oh, and the, yeah. Um, no, I, I mean like what an amazing use of Garden selling State. someone on a car and selling someone on a song at the same time. Like I, I bet that yeah. commercial sold more CDs than it sold cars. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, it, it was like a lifestyle. That commercial was an entire lifestyle packaged up for you. Totally. Yeah. You're a Volkswagen driver now. It's <laughs> great. It's great. But I think a lot of That's people now commercial. think, I think a lot of n- people now think of that as one of his 
best like best albums ever but i don't think at the time it was ever considered that right which is really interesting Mm. like like probably in like an intellectual sense brighter later is probably like the nick drake album well but who knows who knows i don't know yeah i mean from like person to person i bet it varies so much because all of his work is so good like there's no mm-hmm. obvious peak because he probably never reached his peak. He probably had so much yeah. more ahead of him. I mean, he didn't reach his peak because he said he was retiring after this album. And then, of course, two years later, he died. Yeah. So I don't think he ever, he was just like, I'm done. I can't handle this. It's too much. He couldn't play live because he was too like anxious, nervous, Yeah. shy. Man. Anyways, now I'm depressed. That's Winter sad. vibes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, last one. Um, and it's not folk, but it is sparse. And it is 2005's broadcast, Tinder Buttons. A long distance runner has stopped on the corner. But I won't give up, although I've stopped too. Ooh, excellent number one. Yeah. Excellent okay. So one. I honestly like wanted to put the noise made by people or whatever. I always get the words mixed up there. Um, but I, I always put that one on like my top, top albums of all time. Yeah. So I had to put another broadcast one on there. And I'm, this one was still in my, like, if you look at all my scrabbles, <laughs> it was still like really high up there. Yeah. So I was like, okay. You can make an, you can make an argument that that is also a very good autumn record too. Mm. Yes, I, I no, pretty much yes, say all, sure. all broadcast records kind of work across the months of October to November. Yes. There's especially no argument ha, to be made Especially that. haha sound. But I would say for Tinder Buttons at least because a bunch of the like band members had left at that point. So it was just her and like another guy. So it is probably the more sparse of all of them, which makes sense that it would be a really good winter album. Yeah, far out record too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, this also was their most recent album um, that wasn't like a collaborative project or a soundtrack that they did, I guess, before Trish Keenan died in 2011. You got to keep bringing up really the death. Sad. <laughs> You're just I know, I'm sorry. bringing us down <laughs> with all this winter death. Winter death. But you're right. You're absolutely right. Like they, they are dead. You can't say anything else about them. Yeah. They're, all of these people definitely are dead. dead. Uh-huh. Actually, yes. Shit. All of these people are dead except for Jessica Pratt and the Midlake people. Dudes. Wow. Sorry, well, guys. their time will come. Don't worry. <laughs> no, Before you know it. Before you know it, there'll be extra winter albums. Speaking from of death cold and now. winter. Oof. Speaking of death and winter, like. I'm surprised none of us have put any like death metal from Sweden on. Yeah, like the <laughs> real cold, metal. like the really brick cold wall. winter. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't come up. It doesn't come up often in my in my in my scrabbles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my, yeah. My Same. Virtual scrabbles. Doesn't give the cozy feeling you're looking for when you're sitting next to the heater. Huh. That's true. But okay. Side question, real quick. What season is like extreme heavy Nordic metal. What season is Halloween. that for? <laughs> October. Yeah. Yeah. You could say Halloween. I, I think like at a surface level, it would be that. But if you were like really like pushing the boundaries of who you are as a person, what if you played that on like the first day of spring? Yeah. Like the most beautiful day of spring, you just like drove right out and started blasting it. Yeah. 
Um, you, you know, this eh? is we're we're, eh? we're 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 getting off eh? on tangents on tangents now. But man, oh man, <laughs> how uh, amazing and just kind of awe inspiring is it to go to a metal show and watch them play their instruments? Because holy fuck, yeah, like. Med- metal musicians are so talented mm-hmm. with just like literal, like, hello, I'm a virtuosic guitar player. It's like, th- <laughs> yeah. th- they're so good. Like th- their, their tough facade does not really like communicate how many hours they spent in their bedroom, like practicing their scales, you know? Totally. Mm-hmm. They're, they're masters of their craft. I think the, um, the last show that I saw at the masquerade mm-hmm. before it closed was, was Boris. Oh right? yeah. Yeah. And, wow. and let me tell you, they're really good at standing on stage and doing really, really complex things and making mm-hmm. them look really easy. For sure. Like, they're one of those bands that's like, it's actually way more nuanced and way more like, I don't know, deliberate. Um, and, and you wouldn't really tell unless you saw it happening on stage. Maybe you can tell on those records. I don't know. I don't know how to make sense of that. But um, <laughs> no, they looked incredible on stage. They just like, they were wearing it really well and they were just playing their parts just like to perfection. And there's always this like, you know, roughly 17 to like 20 year old kid in the front who's like, you know, throwing it down, but also has their eyes like really, really on like the guitar scales. Yeah. Like watch them go up and down on the guitar scales. And like, I really admire that they have like fans <laughs> like that where I'm just like, ah, oh, cool. This guy's really studying what's going on over here. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. It, it, it was very charming. I, I liked it a lot. And I feel like that's all, that's all metal to me now. It's I, like, ah, oh, technically advanced. Good job. I definitely agree. I definitely agree. But going back to like, when would you play a metal like album? Like when is metals season? It is kind of interesting to think of it as like spring because I've heard that um, at least like the Norwegian death metal and all that sort of came because everything's so perfect over there. There's just like hard, it's hard for them to get out their anger. So Hmm. I don't know. Spring is kind of perfect. And you're just like, I just need to get out some anger. Wow. That, that, I've never heard that's of that idea before. True. That's really interesting. Yeah, it's good psychology. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense to me. I mean, there there is I that. Mean, um, there's a thing with um, well, my wife read this book about how um, the Nordic and Scandinavian people, by the numbers, are the happiest people in the world. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. that is fascinating. I never put those two things together, but yeah, it is like a a reaction against their own lives, huh? Yeah, an outlet. Fascinating. Wow. We went pretty deep with that one. We yeah, did. we did. Way good to go, job. Tara. Yeah, really good. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, well, it. hey, good list. Uh, uh, Farbod, you want to play? You want you want to do a list too? Yeah, let's play uh, Farbod's <laughs> top five winter records. Okay. Let's do that one. <laughs> well, here, let's, let's take a break, and then uh, you'll, you'll go through the store, gather it up, and then we'll, uh, we'll play them. Let's do it to it. Cool. Let's do it. If I could be you. And you could be me. For just one hour. If you could find a way. To get inside. Each other's mind. Walk a mile in my shoes. Walk a mile in my shoes. Walk Walk a mile mile in my shoes. shoes. We've all felt left out. And for some, that feeling lasts more than a moment. We can change that. Learn how at belongingbeginswithus.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Walk a mile in my shoes. It's the coldest of cold cases. Five women murdered and mutilated in Victorian London. 
But trust me, everything you think you know about Jack the Ripper and his victims is wrong. I'm historian Hallie Rubenhold, and when I went back into the records, it became clear that the real story of those murdered women is richer and far more disturbing than we'd ever been told. Listen to Bad Women, The Ripper Retold, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Not completing high school is more of a social thing than it was an academic thing. Even though all these years have passed, I still had that longing to have my diploma. At age 30, Carissa finished her high school diploma. If you're even considering getting your high school diploma, you can do it. No one gets a diploma alone. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. Okay, we're back. It is now uh, Farbod's turn. He is going to uh, play us some records. We're going to talk about winter. And we're going to have a... I feel like this is almost like a a psychiatric trip into what Farbod thinks. Because it's like, yeah, if if you think this is winter, then we know something about how you think. So so kick us off. What's your number five? Yeah, man. So here's the thing. Like, it's so hard to like... um, give these an order because mm-hmm. you don't want to ever make like the definitive list of anything right because you know emotionally that thing's gonna go up and down that yeah. shit's always changing yeah. depending on how you're feeling so take it as it is in this list but know that this thing could be i could spit out number one right now this could be number one but it's number five right, <laughs> right. okay yes <laughs> so heads up big asterisks next to that um the first one that's on my list is from um her name is bobby humphrey um she is a flautist uh, i I, I wanted to say flutist, but it's definitely <laughs> a flout. Um, she had a record on uh, blue note called blacks and blues And it came out in like 73 or something like that. It's one of those records that uh, Larry Mizell put out. Uh, He produced it and I think he composed most of it. But um, this thing is like, you know, on any other day, you'd be like, oh, this is a terrific spring record, you know, like really upbeat and pleasant and cool. And there's little notes of it being like a winter record. Like um, the first song, it's called it's called Chicago Dam. And it starts with like just this gust of wind that sounds terrible. Like just hearing it is just like, you know, the the sort of scratchiness of the wind and all that. But, you know, when, when you listen to this record, you're kind of like, oh, this is really pleasant. You know, why would you make it a winner? And here's the thing. So I was... Um, I had this stint that I was DJing at the Four Seasons, and I was DJing at, um, what's that, uh, Beetle Cat, at this restaurant in Atlanta. And, you know, I had no business being at either of those places, <laughs> for sure. Like, there, there was no sense in me playing that. But I really wanted to, like, have this, like, cool, like, chill out, like, you know, um, some jazz, some, like, you know, um, minimal house some like trip hop whatever just really create a vibe right and especially for for the four seasons but anyways this stint that was going on like it started like i think in like september and it ran through like march or 
you know, into spring, but I went through that whole winter and, you know, I was like dead set on, on playing very, very specific kinds of records. And like, I wanted to play like, you know, these jazz fusion records. Right. And, and they, you know, they're upbeat, but they're also like, they got a vibe to them. And so, you know, I would play this record out, um, pretty much every other time that I would, I would hit up one of those places and people just hated it. Huh. Like they, they didn't hate it as in like the music was bad. They hated it as in like they wanted to hear something completely different. And you know, that that's your job as a DJ. You're supposed to play stuff people want to hear. Right. And I think like I was so convinced that this was appropriate for those places that I just kind of was like, no, I'm going to play this again. <laughs> You know, I'm, I'm going to stick to this week to week. Yeah. Um, but it's 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 a really cool record for anyone who's ever um, heard it. You'd know just kind of like real bubbly in its production, really cool compositions. And Bobby Humphrey plays uh, flute on it. And there's a whole bunch of other people that play it. And she's got a few other albums, um, I think like Satin Doll or some other stuff. But uh, this one's really, I think, the crowning achievement for her. And it's really only a winter album because I played it in the winter um, <laughs> you know, a few years ago. So mm. that's my take on that one. Into it. That's so, cool. Yeah. I've got a quick oh. DJ question for both of you. Okay. Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm not the real DJ. Tara's the real DJ. I, Go for it. I completely agree. Tara is the real DJ in the room. <laughs> but here's the, D- since you both have DJed here, here's my question. I think I know the answer to this, but when you have a crowd and you're playing to them, are you playing what they want to hear or are you playing what you think they should want to hear? It depends on the moment and the party and the venue hmm. and the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> For That's me, my it's answer. the complete opposite. I just want to hear some specific team. Like um, at that same gig, that same Four Seasons gig, uh, it was the NBA playoffs at the time, and the Hawks were playing. Um, I think the Cavs and LeBron James was staying at at the Four Seasons, right? And so he comes up to the bar, you know, with his posse, and there's a whole bunch of people there and stuff. And I thought to myself, oh my God, this would be the perfect time for me to play a bunch of weird shit that he has <laughs> never in his life heard before. And just, I mean, I could see him from the corner of my eye too. Like I could see his reactions to everything. So it's like, all right, I'm going to see what he's into. So like, I just went right into like, you know, tons of like 70s post-punk or like, I played Cabaret Voltaire for him. And I think the man was like kind of bobbing his head. <laughs> so I think he was into it, but um like I, I'm pretty sure that's the only time in his life that man has heard Cabaret Voltaire. Uh, so I'm I'm pretty proud of that. And for so, sure. Tara, while I do respect that you are of the people and for the people, um, I I I also respectfully disagree with the no. approach of playing music for people. No, um, I didn't say they, that at all. I said <laughs> it depends on the time, the place, and the venue and the party ah. because there are moments where you're like, no, I don't want to play top 40 just because the, the people want it. There's no way that that would fit here at all. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. Nothing wrong with Gloria Stefan, but man, everyone asks for <laughs> Gloria Stefan. Huh. At, at really? some point, you're going to get a, yeah, I got so many Gloria Stefan. And like, I think I have like, a 12 inch that I could play for them, but it, it was just out of, out of spite. Like I was like, no, that's a weird so. request. I've never in my life gotten a Gloria Estefan really? request. You've never gotten Gloria Estefan? I personally well, have requested Gloria Estefan. Like the slow, like, um, ballads are amazing. Ooh, yeah. 
Yeah, maybe that was you. <laughs> maybe, no. maybe was, you, don't, you don't remember talking to me. And maybe I remember talking to you. And to this day, I'm just like, what? Lord now you've on. really gotten us off topic. <laughs> All right, moving Sorry. on, moving on. Number four. Number okay, four. <laughs> number four. So number four is from this band called Fridge. And uh, the name of the record is Happiness. Fridge is um, the first group that uh, Kieran Hebden Fortet was in. Mm. Yeah. And um, Happiness, yeah, now we got it going. Um, <laughs> happiness, I think was, um, it was in their last album. It was their second to last album. But they had a few, you know, they, I think they had a few records and a few singles and all that before that. But this one was like the prime shit. You know, they they were out there, but also like super melodic. And um, this is a minimal record. Um, there are glockenspiels on here. There are some sad trumpets on here. Um, all the songs are named after like whatever the sound you're hearing on there is. So I think um, one song is like long singing. And I think there's like a little sample that's used of like a long singing voice or whatever. Um, but uh, really like sentimental stuff. Um, really, you know, like, again, I, I think I painted that picture of sitting in your car, like sad and, and like, <laughs> oh man, it's not going well you know, XYZ sucks or like something else sucks or it's too cold or I ain't got no money. And this is one of those records where like you can kind of throw it on and, and every song's like, you know, a nice bummer. It's like a mm. really like bittersweet yeah. bummer. And, and I think that's like a big part of a winter record to me is that there's a bittersweet quality to it. Like, it can be sad. It can be real sad. But come on, man. Like, pull me out of that sadness a little bit. Let me warm it up. And I think uh, this record does a really good job of that. Nice. Now, now how, how much does it sound like Fortet? Because I've never heard Fridge, but obviously I've heard Fortet. Yeah. I mean, there's elements in there that it, it's not as upbeat. Um, and there's and there's some other heads in there. There's like two others in there. And one of them, I forgot old boy's name, but he put out a couple records on Domino, too. Hmm. Um like Adim or Adam, Adam. Yeah. Um, this is a while ago that you put those records out, but um, you know, it, it kind of has the makings of Fortet. It's more of the melody, mm. the melodies that are kind of bittersweet in those Fortet records. You know, they kind of cross over here, but the instrumentation's a little weirder. Um, the compositions are a little bit more fractured or whatever. Um, but you know, as I said, like if you need that good, like. All right, well, it sucks, but it might be cool in a couple months. You know, this would yeah. be the record to kind of jump into there. But hard hitter. I was just going to tie into that, that um, sometimes in the winter, I also really like Badly John Boy. And yeah. I think this band, I, I read or heard something somewhere. I think that people in this band also did the backing band for Badly John Boy. Oh, really? Did you know that? Interesting. Yeah. No, is this yeah. like a live no, backing that, band or like no an in-studio backing band? Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. Probably live, because didn't he make all that music himself? I, that's what I think. I don't but, know. But, but here, here's what yeah. I'll say. This one time I saw Badly Drawn Boy live, and um, this was, gosh, this would have been right after he put out 
that soundtrack for About a Boy. Okay, this would have been that era. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, yeah. up, he's up on stage. Ooh, Adam Green was his opening act. How, how fucking boss is that? Oh my that? gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I haven't like heard my, Adam Green my in bum, forever. My bum is on the Sweden, Adam <laughs> No, 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 no. That's Tom Green. Adam Green oh, is Tom the Green. guy <laughs> from um, Moldy Peaches. <laughs> Oh. I was like, I kind of oh. like that you thought it was Tom Green. I think we should talk about Tom Green. Now. <laughs> but uh, but anyway, anyway, here's the thing I remember about um, about Badly Drawn Boy performing live at this show. It was in Seattle, and I remember that a he kept defending Hugh Grant, and he kept defending the movie <laughs> about a boy. He kept saying like, oh, "No, he's a wow. good guy. It's a good movie." <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what what was what was wrong with Hugh Grant? Nothing. <laughs> I, th- uh-huh. I just think uh-huh. he, he felt Do you want to hear this story? Which one? Yeah, he what's wrong definitely with Definitely cheated on uh Elizabeth Hurley. Yes, thank you. Could not remember her name. All I can remember is her beautiful face <laughs> with like a prostitute or something. I, I kind of uh, remember that. I don't remember. Yuck. But but, hmm. but but here's the story. Here's the story, which ties into Fridge, apparently. I know. So while they're playing live, literally in between every single song, literally the entire band lit up a fresh cigarette in between every <laughs> single oh, song. Oh, nice. Like, and, nice. And, and it had to have been a joke because it was consistent and it was universal. Every single band member lit up a brand new cigarette between every song. <laughs> and it was hilarious. See, that, that- that's incredible because I, I happened to see Annika, uh, who yeah. was your number five. Uh, I saw her at the basement, maybe, um, and this is like 2014 or 2015 or something like that. I saw her, and so she had a backing band, and it wasn't Beak, and it wasn't Jeff Barr or whatever. It was just some cool-ass people. Like mm-hmm. They were just cool, mm-hmm. like, leaning against walls cool. <laughs> and so, you know, it, it is kind of minimal and she didn't need the band all the time. So like specific songs, uh, the the keyboard player, the keyboard player would, you know, step aside. And I don't know if like, I, I don't even know if the basement's still open, but the way that thing was set up, it's like there wasn't like a backstage. You right. couldn't like hide anywhere. So my man like went into like, you know, two feet behind where he was, sat down, you know, he lit up a cigarette, which is cool in itself. You're like, all right, cool. You're, you know, um, real nihilist approach to this really badass, Great. But he pulls out like this auto neurath book on like philosophy or like Camus or something. And he just starts reading it. And, and this is like in the middle of a song. And you're like, and part of you is like, man, come on. Are you really, are you really reading it? And then the other part is like, well, shit, this looks real cool. Like, let me take a photo of this. And so, you know, I think I snapped a photo of that night. I was trying to get this guy standing on the ground. But um, it's funny that you mentioned that, you know, cigarette breaks between songs. I think that's a, I think that's the move, man. If you're yeah. in a band and you're not touching anything, you either sit there and look cool with like sunglasses or you start smoking a cigarette. <laughs> yeah. No, there's, I, I, there's I, really I no other agree. reason to be on stage at that point. Yeah. Or you get off stage. That's the third option. Yeah. Get off stage. Yeah. yeah I don't want to see you unless you're looking cool. <laughs> that's my take on it. Um, so yeah, what is that? My number, my number four is fridge happiness. Cool. Um, cool. And uh, yeah, what am I on now? Three. Number three. Um, so number three, again, this might not be 
per se the most winner album in the world, but I'll give you a little context to it. So the pick is um, Far Side, mm. and the album is Lab Cabin, California. As they invade the masquerade, they couldn't fade with the clipper blade. Ten years in the trade is not enough, you can't cut it. I let you take a swing and your buddy for an easy out. I leave him deep with. So Lab Cabin, California was their second record, and I think it came out in like 95. And, um, you know, if you'd ever heard The Far Side, you'd probably heard that first record, Bizarre Ride to the Far Side. And, you know, it was like goofy. Those boys were goofy. You know, they were rapping about goofy shit. They were rapping about, you know, like uh, getting rejected, sex and all that. And it was cool. You know, they, they were funny, but they were also really musical and all that. And, they, you know, it was a good time. Real B-boy bravado. And then Lab Cabin California came out. And, you know, when you get played by record labels, um, you know, honestly, I've only been minor played by a major record label. <laughs> but when you're an artist and you get like really played by a record label, it turns out you get like real bitter, right? right. You get real uh, disillusioned with, with music. And this record was um, like kind of just like this super, um, you know, as I mentioned, sour, dour, disillusioned thing. Um, most of it was produced by uh, JD, J Dilla, um, you know, before he was kind of a household name. And just like so many great hits on there, but every song like is just like completely like, oh man, I'm sorry. Yeah, you know, you guys didn't pop the way you needed to, or that you know you didn't make enough money off of that one song. Like the whole thing is just like you feel sorry for these guys. Yeah, and you know, in a way that sounds like unappealing to listen to, but it's such a fantastic record and it's so thoughtful and like kind of heartfelt and how sad it is and kind of how you know bummed out it is and how defiant it is that you know it's it's kind of fun to like you know be in moments of peril like personal peril and throw a record like this on and it's like oh i found a record that's kind of as like you know um, I keep using the word disillusioned, but that's pretty mm -hmm. much what this record is. You know, finding a record that's as disillusioned as I am right now, you know, so it feels good. It's very introspective stuff. So that's, that's my number three there. Plus it has one of the most amazing music videos for the single drop. Remember that? Ooh, Spike Jones. Yeah. My man Spike Jones did it. <laughs> Uh, like when I saw that video, I like I didn't understand what was happening. Right. Like as an adult later, when you're a creative person, or like when you you've consumed a lot, you're like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. they just shot that backward. I mean, it's hard still, but you're like, oh, okay, they shot backward. When I was a kid though, and I heard this in like I heard that it came out in '95, and I heard it probably like '99 or 2000, and this is you know before my folks had internet, or so I was like hitting up the library at high school, and and you know, I watched the video for Drop. Right. And Tara, or I don't know if you've seen the video for it, but, it, it, you know, they acted out everything um, backwards. And then the film is, wait, how am I saying this right? So they acted it out backwards, but the film was played forwards. Yeah. So like the motions are just really like disjointed and like, Odd. I think Francis Ford Coppola did that in Dracula too. If yeah. You want a little yeah, side yeah, yeah, note. yeah. My man did that in Dracula, which was just cool as <laughs> shit. But, um, <laughs> did, I think they did that too with the guy in Twin Peaks. The oh, the the, like, the some yes. spin back yeah. that guy. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. a way better reference. I should yeah, Dracula aside, that's a way better reference. <laughs> but but just um, fantastic. No, that video. that record was yeah. 
be- beautiful song, beautiful video. Everything about that record is kind of dead on for me. Mm-hmm. And um, I think I think the whole introspective down on your luckness of it is very winner. Yeah. Um, if you're if you're a normal human being, you're probably having some shit times in your life. So well, what's funny you know, to me too? Pop on lap cabin. I I, I feel mm-hmm. like that Far Side album has a lot in common with like the second um, Diggable Planets album and like the second mm. like um, KMD album where it is like it's like you were saying it's like oh you're supposed to have been really popular. And you weren't. Right. And here's your second right. album. And what are you doing now? You know what I mean? And, and yeah. I love all these groups that we're talking about. But it is funny because I do feel like that second kind of depressed you aren't more popular album is a really good right. hip hop album. That's a really good yeah. hip hop album. So I, I mean, know. it's a great album in general yeah. when you are when you like kind of like swung real hard on that first record. Like you were really going for it yeah. and you didn't quite make it. Like your natural instinct you know, as a creative person is well, like, well, fuck, I'm going to go even further out, yeah. you know, and I'm going to do it with all of the inks that I had <laughs> from that first record. So like you said, yeah, that diggable plan, it's, um, what, what was the second one? Uh, no, blowout Blow, comb. No, blowout comb. Was it blowout comb? Yeah. 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 That thing was, <laughs> that thing was hard. Loved it. Yeah. 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 I love that record. Um, so yeah, far side lab cabin, California, that's my number three. Oh, we're getting close to the top. Uh, all right, top two, and I'll be quick about this since <laughs> you guys are going to close up shop here in a second. Um, my number two record is Bowery Electric. Uh, the group is Bowery Electric, and the album is Beat. And this is a record that came out in 1996 on Cranky, the legendary Cranky label. And um, Bowery Electric is a duo uh, from New York, and they kind of just mashed up everything you'll ever love. So like, you know, shoegaze, um, you know, drum and bass, uh, trip hop, ambient music, all of it's kind of come into this, you know, crazy sort of mountain like melting pot of vibes and, you know, just lots of space, lots of low end. Um, but yeah, this record, I, it was one of like the first, um, you know, when everyone goes through their phase of finding a genre of music that like really connects with them. Um, this was one of the first ones that I heard within that genre. And I guess, you know, whatever, ambient music or, uh, shoegaze or whatever. This was probably around the first ones that I heard. And, I distinctively remember um, hearing it on the WRAS show Postscript. There's a show on WRAS Alm 88 for all the older heads that <laughs> you know used to be around before uh, 1995 or whatever. Uh, they were born after that beautiful year. Uh, you should probably be <laughs> familiar with WRAS, but yeah, they had a show called Postscript and um, Bo Johnson. My man Bo Johnson, he was the DJ that hosted it, and he played a lot of Bowery Electric, and this was like dead in the winter, and I had my headphones on at the crib, like, oh my God, I can't believe they have a breakbeat over like this like eight minutes of drone, you know? <laughs> um, and it's kind of mind-blowing, and I don't know if that makes it, you know, it's a cold record. I'm going to say it's cold, cold cold-ass record. Ice Um, cold. Ice cold, frigid. Ice cold. 
like put a Gore-Tex jacket on and go outside. Is that like, is that like Cranky's thing though? Like all their, man, they have some amazing artists on their label. Their yeah, label is cold. Man. That's that's a cold ass. That's a label. cold label. I guess you have to be from Chicago. You got a cold label. You know. Yeah, yeah. No, I think they were. You know, I think at some point they were kind of the epitome of that cranky sound. Um, yeah. But it, it's really about space, and I think um, you hit on it a little earlier, Seth. Is um, you know, there's a sparseness to all of this. Uh, I think in that sparseness, you kind of find the introspection. And Beat is one of those records where, you know, it's going to have its rich moments, but it's pretty sparse. And and I think um, if you're going to go online and you're going to pump one of these songs, you know, do your favorite drugs and listen to the last track, which happens to be called Postscript, which I believe is why they named that show Postscript on WRS. But uh, that to me is um, just like a radiant a radiance that you can't really like you capture that only once in a while. So nice. you know, if you don't have, if you don't have the patience to go bump the whole thing, go play that one song and, and that'd be enough for you. Right. Beautiful. Or, well, yeah. Number one, we're, we're down to it. Number one. So my number one, um, not far off from what we just talked about. It comes from the gentleman finesse, uh, Christian finesse and his album Venice. But uh, no, the, the album from Finesse is called Venice, and this came out in 2004 on the label Touch. And, you know, uh, if anyone is familiar with Finesse, they probably know his record Endless Summer. Um, that, that's kind of what he's known for. And that's, you know, like this really warm, uh, glitch, ambient album. Um, and this came up afterwards. This was the album after Endless Summer. And in contrast, it's this, you know, uh, really sort of isolated, um, not as noisy even, I think a little bit more subtle version of Endless Summer, um, but, but just really, really beautiful me- melodies buried deep within a lot of processing. He, he plays guitar through a computer and, you know, it, it does this little magic within the computer. But really what's in here are these really like somber melodies that, um, I don't know, they just resonate with you. They kind of, uh, they're, they're a little comforting blanket for the most part. Hmm. Um, so yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm really in love with this record. I think David Sylvian sings on the record as well, which um, I, I think is incredible. Uh, the David Sylvian from, from Japan. I don't actually, I don't know if he sings on this one. I, I don't know what I'm talking about no more. I, I think I just want to bring up David Sylvian. Um, <laughs> he does sing on it. He does sing on it. Don't, I can look at it. I need to look it up. But um, no, My beautiful first, record and it's cold. Yeah. Hit, yeah. Expansive ice. Sheet of ice. That's <laughs> Sheet what of those ice. albums are. Yeah. Um, my first fin, 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 I, I always say fins, but how did you say it? Finez? Finez. I, I, okay. I, I don't know. I don't I, know Honestly, either, you're talking to I, a guy that doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> I don't time. know either. I always said fins. But my first Finn's album was Black Sea. Man, yeah, that's cold. The beautiful record, (laughs) yeah. They're always pretty cold. Um, (laughs) But yeah, if you never heard Finesse, you know, I don't think there's a bad place to start. 
Lots yeah. of the heads like Endless Summer, but I'm going to tell you to go right into Venice. Man. <laughs> now, now, electronic sparseness is like a new kind yeah. of winter that, that like, that, that's, that's all like separate, but equal to everything else we've been talking about. Like I was thinking about like Panther Du Prince. I was thinking about like Jane. Right, right. Like, like that's that real yeah. minimalist electronica. It feels yeah, like cool Yeah, Sakamoto. Yeah. Well, that, that, that's a good point. Yeah. Let's let's quickly run through some short lists, some stuff that we wanted to, to yes. put on our lists, but we didn't. Tara, hit us with it. Please. Okay. Yay. I I felt so sad to leave some of these off. Vashti Bunyan was definitely in one of them. Yeah. Just another Diamond Day. Blonde Redhead, Misery is a Butterfly. Again, just like freaking sad. Let me just be sad in the winter. <laughs> Linda Perhax, I definitely said that. Joanna Newsome Ease is Ooh. another one, and that's all I'm going to say. But like, yeah. Nice. Uh, wow. So hard. Like, there's so many, really. Oh, yeah. Here's a couple I wanted to put on, but I didn't. Uh, I really wanted Teen Dream by Beach House on there. Love that album. I, I think it feels nice Beautiful and wintry. Um, yeah. I wanted Sea Change by Beck on there. I like Sea Change oh, a whole, whole bunch. Yeah. Real sad. Um, really I really sad. wanted some Bedhead on there. I wanted Bedhead on there so bad. I really wanted What Fun Life Was in particular, but I would have taken any Bedhead. And um, I'll leave it at that. I'll leave it at that. Wow. Yeah. I like that. Um, what is it? The transaction. Oh, de transaction novo. de novo. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's my joy. That, from, that, that's from some good head. stuff. Yeah. Um, I was going to, I, what did I slip on? Um, for me, cannibal ox, the cold vein. Nice. I think that's a cold one. Yeah, that's in the title. Deep, <laughs> the infamous. Exactly. You can't go wrong. Mom deep. There. Um, slow, slow dive, uh, Pygmalion. Yeah. I think is that's, that's the best record they could ever pull out. Yeah, butts. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. Nice. That's it. That's what I got. Those are so good. <laughs> Let's do a real quick restock on the employee recommendation shelf, because man, we got to get out of here. This uh, the store is closing soon. <laughs> So uh, let's see here. Uh, real quick, I'm putting on uh, just my favorite album I've been listening to lately. It's the new Serengeti. It just came out. It's called With Greg from Deerhoof. Make some oatmeal, slice an apple. You can do it. Razzle dazzle. Strike the gavel. Call a truce. Tie the travel. I'm eating soups. And fuck, it's good. It's so good. It's got a uh, Greg Sonye, you know, from Deerhoof, like like the title says. Uh, he's doing all the beats for it, and man, it's just a killer. Like like that dude, as as a percussionist in general, is so great. But him doing straight up all the hip hop production beats for Serengeti, it's like it's like a new calling for him. And I, I love this album, so I, I highly recommend it. I'm putting it up here on the shelf. Tara, how about you? Uh, mine is Force Majeure. I don't know if I pronounced that correctly, but it's um, from Desron Douglas and Brandy Young. It just came out this past Friday. Um, and Desron plays, a, I think, upright bass or bass, something bass. And Brandy Young is a harpist. And they were doing these virtual streams during the quarantine on Fridays. And so these are the recordings from that. And it's so beautiful. It's like beautiful jazz, like perfect morning jazz, to be honest. Nice. Highly recommend. And hey, hey, Farbod, you don't work here, but I like your recommendations anyway. Put something up there. What you got? Uh, <laughs> uh, welcome to Paradise. It's a compilation um, by, uh, sorry, it's young Marco, but it's a Italian dream house from 89 to 93. He's done three volumes of this. The third one just came out.
Um, just really, really melodic, beautiful older house tunes. I think that you can get down to during the day, at night, you're clothed, you're naked, whatever. It's good stuff. Nice. <laughs> and speaking nice. of compilations, we got to load up on that new uh, compilation since uh, Tara's been plugging it from your label. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Geographic North. Yeah. Um, yeah. Aural apparitions from the Geographic North. Uh, part three. Um, I don't know what to talk. Tara, you can sell it better than I can. I just put it out. I don't. What? I don't yeah. It's like, uh, it, you know, it's like, um, there's some bleakness there. Some, <laughs> some spookiness. It's a, uh, it's a soundtrack. It's for, it's huh. for the Halloween season that's already come and gone, but, um, it, it, it's a lot of ambient scenes from a lot of, um, bigger experimental artists and all of the money goes to the women, women's feminist health center of Atlanta, which makes it way better than maybe it actually yeah. is. So Let's maybe killer. just support it for that cause alone, right? Yeah, absolutely. Feminist yeah. Women's Health Center. Man, I didn't even say it right. I'm sorry. Feminist <laughs> Women's Health Center. Well, go. we, we got to close up this store, but uh, mm-hmm. thanks for coming today, Farbod. Thank you, all you other customers here in the store. Uh, but the store is officially closed. So uh, happy trails, everyone. Until we meet again. Record Store Society is hosted by Tara Davies and Seth Nicholas Johnson. If you'd like to contact the show, you can send an email to recordstoresociety at iheartmedia.com. Or you can find us on all your favorite social media sites with the handle at Record Store Society. Record Store Society is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. At Blackstone, we invest to transform treatment, helping bring life-saving products to patients, supporting the scientists and technology advancing new medicines. From buildings to beakers to bedside, at Blackstone, investing is about accelerating growth for good. Learn more at blackstone.com slash beyondreturns. Hi, this is Allie Wentworth, host of Go Ask Allie. My listeners want more, so we are digging in. It's real, it's honest, open and unexpected, and sometimes amusing. He told me you chased him with a butcher knife <laughs> and tried to cut off his penis, but that's his version and everybody has a different Everybody version. has two, two sides of every story. Exactly. All new episodes of Go Ask Alley release every Thursday. Listen to Go Ask Alley on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. I want to get back to kissing the cheeks of my grandbabies, making Sunday dinner with a house full of family and lots of laughs. (laughs) COVID-19 has changed how we live and how we feel. But now there are vaccines and they are the very first step that let us get back to what we miss most. It's okay to have questions. Is it safe? Should I wait? Now get the facts. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision when vaccines are available to you. Brought to you by the Ad Council.